Hello, and welcome to episode 69 of the 21 Handshake Marketing Podcast. If you are new to listening, welcome. Our podcast covers social media news and digital marketing trends for anyone who's involved in business. So whether you are in B2B or B2C, whether you're on the marketing or the sales team, we go over tips, trends, and we leave you with some actionable items to apply or think about. So first off, if you're new, I'm Sarah, account manager here at 21 Handshake, and I guess uh, the host of the podcast here. And I'm Ashley, also an account manager. My name is Alex. I'm in charge of visual content. If you listened to episode 68 last week, and if you haven't, after this, go listen to that. <laughs> you know here at 21 Handshake, we have launched a new digital marketing solution that is compromised or comprised of nine steps. It's efficient, it's effective. We truly love this system and believe if you take the time to do each of the steps properly, you will succeed at digital marketing. So we are gonna dive into more of that today and deep dive into the foundation of the digital marketing solution. But let's first go over some digital marketing news and what's been happening this week. So I really had a hard time finding stuff, honestly, guys, that's been happening because there's honestly not been a lot happening in, Which is, in social media news. I think a first for a while. I feel like every week there's been something new with Facebook or Instagram or new features or new changes and updates. And so it's nice to kind of have Yeah, I think even a big social media news site last week, the biggest news they could think to send me was some study on how most Americans don't realize Facebook and Instagram are like one company. And I was like, whoa, if they're saying that's big news, then there's really not much happening. But in all the social media defense, there was a lot of updates earlier this year that happened in the social media world. So maybe they're just kind of letting fourth quarter just slide on through the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, we'll keep an eye on that. But I did think that it'd be fun to just quick talk about Halloween. It's around the corner. So if you're listening to this episode months from now, sorry, but, <laughs> but it is just around the corner. And we specifically here at 21 Handshake market to um, B2B and a lot of our clients are B2B. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about what can you do as a B2B for Halloween on social media? Because I think a lot of times you think of B2B, oh, it's so traditional, kind of stuffier. Mm-hmm. What, how can you have fun? Would your customers think that's fun? So, Alex, Ashley, off the top of your mind, if you owned a B2B business, what would you post around Halloween on social media? Ashley. Um, there's a few things that come to mind. You could do something as simple as maybe sharing the Halloween events in your community. Yes, that's um, right. Trunk yeah. or treat, or maybe some haunted houses. Um, showing that you're connected to the community um, and supporting those events. Um, if you were had maybe more of like a casual culture, um, invite the employees to dress up for Halloween maybe and share those costumes online. Yeah, good ideas. Um, and something else I think I've just been seeing in general are these scary good deals you know using that halloween like verbiage (laughs) to incorporate into maybe your like sales messaging so something super simple but allows you to hop on the halloween train right and i guess in a sense here if you don't have a product it could still be a scary good deal to work with jim the most awesome salesperson in the world or something Something you know just thinking out of the box in that way okay (laughs) alex how about you 
this might be a little bit too out there for some for a lot of companies, but I really enjoy Halloween memes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna try and, and, and describe a picture of a meme right now because I feel like that would be kind of challenging. But um, I really like it when 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 businesses use memes because it's it is very much a part of like like online culture yeah. today. Mm-hmm. And when companies do jump into it, especially if there's a company who's maybe typically a little bit less out there online jumps into that and tries doing that i always think that's really funny and even if it's just like you know not a a, a grade a meme like yeah. it's it's a plus for effort yeah. <laughs> yeah i totally totally agree one that came that to the top of my mind is um on facebook you can do polls even on instagram maybe ask people if their favorite candy is candy corn versus chocolate bars mm-hmm. you know just stuff like that um yeah. maybe a round of would you rather would you rather be chased by a vampire or a zombie <laughs> you know just stuff yeah. maybe to elicit engagement that is nothing earth shattering but still yeah. just there for engagement wise okay yeah. quick podcast poll reese's or snickers Ooh. Oh, well, neither are dairy-free, but uh, (laughs) back in the day, I always picked a Snickers when I had the option. I like both. I like both, too. I (laughs) think if I had to choose, I I would probably get Reese's. Really? Okay. I think I'd probably choose a Snickers just because there's more to it. More um, different textures. It always feels like Reese's are gone very quickly. I I like a crunch. I I always like a crunch. So we will post, um, I found a few articles on Halloween ideas to take advantage of if you are looking for social media ideas for your business to post. And we will post those in the show link. So make sure to go check that out. Now that we got some fun out of the way, let's move on to something even more fun. (laughs) Okay, I say that with a little laugh because the truth is, I think when people think of market research, which is a foundational step to our digital marketing solution. They think of it with more a grimace than a grin because I get it, market research is not that glam. <laughs> it's, it's uh, you need to do it because it lays the foundation and it does lead to better leads and market authority online. But again, most people don't think it's sexy. It's just, you gotta get it done, you gotta get in there. But you have to understand, though, that this does lay the foundation and does help you align your messaging. It's very important to do market research. So we are going to talk about that today. And let's first off discuss the types of market research and then the one that we are talking about. So, Alex, can you explain the two main types of market research and then what we here at 21 Handshake are advising to do in our marketing solution. Yeah, so we have two types of research. There's uh, primary and secondary research, super creatively named. Yes, very creative. (laughs) Uh, Again, it's market research. (laughs) um, So primary research is using firsthand information on your market um, and the customers. So this is is getting information directly from the people that you desire to be marketing to or selling to. And so this means doing like focus groups. This means doing online surveys. This means doing phone interviews, things where you can get very direct uh, responses to the questions that you're you're putting forth, whether it's about your product, your services, um, whether you're you're asking questions about current stuff or things that you are you know prospectively going into a specific market or a type of product that you're exploring um, pursuing. Right. So. So that could take a lot of time, 
you probably hire an outside research firm to do this um, just yeah. for the fact that you're calling people, you're recording their answers. Somebody's then formulating that into a report of graphs and this is this is super time intensive. Yes, um, this is not something that someone takes as kind of like a side project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is probably somebody's like full time role. And I think that's why it scares some companies yes. away when they're like, "Oh, we need to do market research," and it's like, "I don't know if we have the resources or the time or even the focus." So. Right? Like, I guess I always when I think of the primary type of research, I think of I don't know if you guys used to watch Mad Men at all, but um, they would bring in like little focus groups, on, you know, like <laughs> just on the yeah. show, but for the, whatever they were advertising on the show, they'd bring in a little focus group and they'd be in like a different room mm-hmm. and like be asking all these questions to these people. And so in my mind, I think that's what a lot of people still think about yeah. when they think of primary market research. And maybe like a, a passive idea, obviously like if you can get, you know, like a focus group set up or online surveys that would solicit probably better information. But a more passive way to do it is maybe to just survey your current clients, like when you're already on the phone with them. Yeah, it doesn't have to be as like a super structured environment. Mm-hmm. That That's probably where you'll get the most out of it. But certainly using the, the customers that you already have and, and the people who talk it's about you, um, the ones that you have at your disposal right now is a, is a fantastic place to start. So within primary research, you have two types, exploratory and specific research. I sort of mentioned these already. So exploratory research is when you're going into, you're looking into a certain market or a product that you are exploring, bringing to, to market. Right. Um, and then specific research is something that you are, something that your business has already identified as an opportunity or something that's important to pursue. So exploratory is like, what can we do out there? Um, specific is like, we already know that this is a problem. How would our prospective customers like react to it? Very cool. Yeah. All right. So um, the, we said primary, and then we said there is a secondary research as well. So what? What yes. is that? So secondary research is all like data and public records that you have already at your disposal. So, for example, in this podcast, we talk a lot about um, market trend reports, marketing reports. There are tons of phenomenal email lists that you can be a part of that will send you the latest news or they will send out like a quarterly report on what they are seeing. This is an example of like a secondary research um, format. Mm -hmm. So. A lot of times these are publicly accessible. Um, it doesn't just have to be um, these companies that are putting out these these reports. Uh, our own government also puts out a lot of uh, public resources, mm-hmm. so you can access those via the Census Bureau and the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. Um, and these are going to be a little bit more like gen- generic, like demographic type uh, type information. Um, but then we also have uh, two other subsets of the secondary research world. Mm. We have commercial resources and uh, internal resources. So commercial resources are, again, like we were talking about, um, is generally hiring somebody out to do this, this research for you, or they have already created the list of something that you thought of and you just have to pay for it. Um, and it generally takes a lot of time, again, to put these researches, to put this research into action and put the report together. So it's usually a paid form of uh, research that you have to get. Uh, and internal sources is something that you probably already have at your fingertips. So 
Um, if you are running an e-commerce store, for example, um, seeing what your avenue, average revenue per sale is, what your customer retention rates are, or any other like historical data that you might have within mm -hmm. your business about your existing customers. So those are the two types of, of market research, primary and secondary. And then within those, we kind of have a couple separate subsets. Yeah, definitely. And while, you know, we do believe primary research is really great idea, especially if you're bringing a new product to market. When we are talking about market research as it applies to the digital marketing solution and laying that foundation, we are actually talking about secondary research. Mm -hmm. So let's dive a little bit deeper into that and give all that encompasses secondary research as we are talking about. So Ashley, what, um, what steps would we work with with the client when we are talking about market research? Yeah, so um, we would definitely start with identifying their buyer persona or their ideal um, buyer, which if you've been sticking around the podcast for a while, we have two episodes that go thoroughly in depth about this. Yes, um, definitely. So, we'll link those in the show notes. Yeah. But again, I think that a lot of businesses say they know their target, but a lot of the times they really don't or they're yeah. saying it more in a location specific way. Yeah. Like, oh, our target audience is all of Austin. That, that's not really your mm -hmm. target audience. It might be the locale they are listed in, but they're not really, you know. Right. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit more. Well, it's super common that we find businesses think that they know who their audience is. Either it's very biased, like, oh, well, I'm a part of this, like, network, and this is what I'm hearing from, like, two people, um, which is not completely factual so wanting to dive deep um get really narrow on who that audience is it's not all of austin it's i mean speaking the lbm space it's contractors home builders in austin and these five zip codes that are this age and maybe their business makes this much income you exactly, know it's yeah. getting really narrow and nitty-gritty on if you were to have um i don't know like 10 new clients or customers what ideally what would they be in order to make your business successful well right and i think that this is a very important step because what's that saying that if you're speaking to everyone you're not speaking to anyone at all Well, right <laughs> and when we talk about like an advertising budget or a marketing budget if you're trying to market to all of austin like a lot of your advertisements are gonna fall on deaf ears because you're not talking to the right people exactly. so by getting super narrow that budget that you have goes a lot further Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think uh, a billboard advertisement <laughs> would be like something where someone is just trying to market to anyone yeah. and everyone versus let's get nitty gritty and I not waste our money and really yeah. go after who we want to target. Get in front of the people who would change our exactly. business. Yeah. So buyer persona, yep. target buyer, mm -hmm. target audience. It goes by a lot of different names. Mm -hmm. So we'll link in the show notes some other episodes to dive a little bit deeper into that. But that would be a huge part of the first oh, yeah. part of the market research that we yeah. do. And what would be some more steps? Um, so another would be to pull a list of all of your current customers, your A customers, your B customers, your C customers, those you're currently service. Um, identify maybe which ones are taking up the most of your sales team's time. Mm -hmm. um, maybe analyzing how to best reach them. Maybe your C customers um, are best reached 
online. Maybe your A customers aren't. Maybe they're more traditional. Um, Just to clarify really quickly, A, B, and C customers are basically spitting your your customer base into three loose categories of essentially like revenue. So your A customers are your like super big time clients. We probably get the majority of our revenue here. B are kind of smaller, but still large-ish clients that, you know, still supplement the revenue well. And then C clients are are like kind of like the small fish in the pond. Yeah. And I feel like this step seems kind of like a no-brainer. Like I know who our customers are, but I think when you take a second to to just sit down and look at it holistically, you'll be able to pull a few certain maybe data points that you didn't initially realize. Um, So I think understanding the whole picture can be a super beneficial step to this process. Yes, definitely um, agree with that. And then after that, we take all the information that, you know, the defined audience, the demographics, um, and all that, and then essentially buy a list um, to deep dive into that target. So, and and I would say you could probably do this a few ways, but the easiest way would to be, like we had mentioned earlier, go buy a list of someone who's probably already done the research. That way it's less time for your team to spend researching and then you just have a new list of leads. Right. And then you can deep dive into that list and take that further. And, you know, is that business still in business? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they just went out. Are they active online? Are they still at this website? Are they still at this address? Who, you know, is that owner listed on the list still the owner? You know, all these different things that you can kind of deep dive into that list. But again, um, those lists are fairly inexpensive as long as you know the parameters that you are giving um, the company that you're getting it from so they can help define that a little better and give you better results as well. So you have to go to them and say, you know, I want only remodelers in zip code 49070 and 49523. I don't know what zip codes those are, somewhere (laughs) in Michigan. But uh, anyway, so the more information you can give them, the better list you're going to get to be able to research that to be more effective for you. Yeah, exactly. So very cool. And you can even pull like data. Those lists will have even data like how much. As long as the company is public, it can get a little more dicey if they're Mm -hmm. privately owned. Um, If it's a public company, they'll probably even have the revenue as Mm -hmm. well. So So those are steps of research we would do when we consider secondary research for the market research. And all of those are very important and can give you a great perspective on just who in your area that you want to target and then kind of the scope of who is out there that your sales team has not even contacted or is not even aware that your product or your product business service could meet their needs. So another part of this research would also include auditing all your assets. Assets meaning um, everything, you know, print, brochures. um, Ashley, you were going to... Website, social media. Yes. Yeah, and we'll, we kind of deep dived into those a little more in um, other steps. Just kind of a broad overview of mm-hmm. what logos are you using? Yeah. What brochures do you have? What line cards do you have? It's kind of a more gathering stage for our team mm-hmm. or any maybe marketer that you're mm-hmm. working with <laughs> to mm-hmm. deep dive and kind of see what the messaging that you're giving yeah. um, out is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a 
what are we working with here? Exactly. Yeah, that's a good and one. then another big part of this market research would be assessing your industry competitors and your industry content competitors. Now, there is a difference there, and I'll quickly describe that. So, obviously, industry competitors, everybody's going to be pretty familiar with that. If you're... XYZ Lumber Company and you know Fred's Lumber is 10 miles from you and Jim's Lumber is 25 miles from you. Well, those are going to be your competitors. <laughs> and if you don't know who your competitors are, um, you can quickly just start doing some high level research. Um, go on to Google, search um, you know, in your location, lumber yards near me. Um, things like that go mm-hmm. into LinkedIn, you know, research around. It could get a little bit harder, maybe the more niche you are. Or maybe you find out that there are no competitors and, and yay, that's awesome. <laughs> but if you do find out that there's no competitors that's in your local area, um, then that's going to be why it's important to see who your industry content competitors are because that's going to play huge in the digital marketing landscape. We want to know who else out there is providing content that your um, target audience is interested in consuming. So whether it be kind of products, services, frequently asked questions in regards to your specific product, especially if you're more maybe a general product versus something like you're the only company that makes that product. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're really going to want to... um, Go, just go into Google and you just can start searching around, seeing what's coming up in those first pages search engine results. And that's where you're going to know um, who your content competitors are. And you're going to be able to start generating a lot of ideas from that as well. As well as then also, I think, use that to kind of go back to your sales team, maybe even even be like, hey, are people asking these questions? Oh, they're not. Well, what questions are they asking? Maybe, yeah. you know, set me in the right path. And vice versa to that, too. You might you might look up what other companies in your area are doing uh, or see what they're doing and yes. potentially even see what they're not doing. Exactly. And maybe identify an opportunity of like nobody in our areas is addressing this question or this problem. Let's do something about that. Right. Or I don't see that my competitors on social media, that could be a great way to connect and be present on that platform because no one else is making a voice on there. Yeah. Um, You know, so even I would go as far as even competitors look at what the review sites are saying about them. Um, what do their Google's reviews say? Maybe there's some way for you to be more effective there as well. Um, so all stuff that can be looked at and that we as a team look at when we are in the market research stage of gathering information, laying the foundation, and just discovering a little bit more about your marketplace and what your business's role is in the marketplace. So yeah, do we skip anything? I just wanted to plug in mm-hmm. that the last section when we we're talking about competitors. When when specifically you two are are working a lot on this the market research part, it's not. So we were just talking about Google using Google a lot to learn more about your your competitors. That's one of the public sources um, within mm-hmm. secondary research. 
there are also a lot of softwares like paid softwares out there that you can glean a lot of information from that you guys use as well as part of kind of like the 21 handshake approach. So it's not just Google. There are um, proprietary softwares that can tell you all sorts of SEO information, all sorts Mm -hmm. of information about your, your, your competitors' websites, how many people are visiting them and, or, or where you would rank. Maybe what keywords they're using to take some of that search traffic. And, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially yes. if you are a company that is playing a little bit more nationally, those, um, I think, extra kind of added layer services that, you know, we buy into here at 21 Handshake really can give you a great scope of who else is out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that being said, if you're working on a limited budget, Google is a tremendous free platform and there's more than enough to get started with there oh yeah definitely you can can get a lot there so so yeah this is a lot (laughs) market research is a little less glam but we can't preach enough that it is the first building block to the whole nine-step digital marketing process because it creates a foundation of who you will be marketing to online and it will likely uncover new channels and messaging tips to help you improve your interactions. So again, we just we can't preach this stuff and the importance enough of it, even though it is a little less glam. Um, we can definitely help you um, out in that step of building that foundational step. So what does this mean for you? Well, we know it can be a lot to take in, especially if you're listening. (laughs) Maybe you're out driving or working out and you're listening and you're like, whoa, this is a lot. So we will have all this in our show notes. You can go back, um, re-listen to it, read the show notes, however you best learn. Um, And if you had a few aha moments on this and you're like, ah, I want to know a little bit more about that. We do have an on-demand webinar we created specifically for those seeking out how they can be more effective online with their marketing. So just go to bit.ly, that's bit.ly forward slash 21 handshake nine step. And that's all lowercase on the um, lettering there. So bit.ly forward slash 21 handshake nine step. And you can watch that webinar and there is so many tips of, um, you know, we talk about the digital marketing solution and we're not going to lie. That's a paid for marketing solution that mm-hmm. we offer our clients. But so many free tips in that on demand webinar that you can go out and you can just start today. And we just want brands and businesses to be effective with their marketing. Mm-hmm. And um, so definitely go watch that. We'll link it in the show notes. And I think that brings us to the end of market research, guys. So <laughs> still, there's probably tons more we could have unpacked, but we uh, don't want to uh, make this go too long. <laughs> yeah. So did you like this episode? Hint, yes, of course you did. Then please like, subscribe, leave a review and share it with a friend. It really does help get the word out. Until next time. 